Hello and welcome to Aunt Mary from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Now our story continues. It was a beautiful morning, but Brett Cameron wakened with a feeling of violent distaste for the day. He got out of bed, put on his dressing gown, and lighting a cigarette, sat down in a chair. Then leaning back, Mr. Cameron addressed the empty room. You may draw my bath now, Parker. I'm going to lay out the blue pinstripe. More than a joke. With a filthy, lousy, stinking joke. Brett Cameron pressed out his cigarette and looked about him. He saw the bed which he would have to make himself. He looked at the closet door and thought of the three excellent but very old suits which hung there. He looked at the small calendar which stood on his dresser with the date encircled in red pencil. The date on which he would receive his small monthly allowance from the trust fund his father left him. Today was to have marked the end of all the petty, scrimping economies he was forced to make. Only something had gone wrong. It was such a perfect situation. Everything was set. Everything was just right. Why did it miss fire? Well, why bother about the reason? It did, and that's that. Now it's all to do over again. And Jesse. Jesse with her fears and her conscience. That's a laugh. One moment she worries about Ben's mortality, our plans. Next moment she's running over here. Yes, Jesse will probably balk again. And I'll take her in my arms again and tell her how much I love her again. Oh, Lord, what a bloody mess. Good morning, sleepyhead. Hello, Jesse. I was just thinking of you. <laughs> Were you, darling? Nice thought. Oh, lovely. What are you doing out so early? Oh, I drove Ben down to the office. Then I promised Lucy I'd drive out to the Harrison's farm and get her some fryers for tonight. So I thought I'd stop by on my way and say hello and bring you these flowers. What a busy little housewife you are this morning. <laughs> Aren't I, though? Oh, thank you, darling. Well, the last time I was here, I noticed how bare the place looked, Brett. So yes, my done... florist has a standing order to deliver flowers daily, but lately he's forgotten to do so. I must remember to check on that. Oh, darling. Aren't you going to look at them? The flowers? Presently. Brett, you will remember to put them in water, won't you? Not just let them lie there and wilt. I'll remember. I suppose they're from your garden. Oh, no, they're part of a bunch of Mrs. Donovan brought over. Her husband owes Ben quite a lot of money. He's been having some trouble making his payments, I believe, so she's always running over with a little present. Jam and preserves she's put up and that sort of thing. Poor dear. Oh, it reminds me. I should give those things to someone. We can't possibly use them. Well, why don't you bring them to me, Jesse? After all, since Ben hasn't any poor relations, I'd be only too happy to take care of any of the overflow from the Calvert Mansion. And perhaps Ben received some ties or handkerchiefs at Christmas that he can't use. What on earth do you mean? I mean that it would be in keeping, don't you think, with this sort of second-hand sharing I have in Ben's life? Why, Brett? What's the matter with you? Haven't you had coffee yet? I have not. Well, I'd fix you some, only I haven't time. Now, don't be such an old grouch, darling. Grouch, the little woman says. What is the matter with you? Jesse, my dear girl, I marvel at you. I really do. Why? I know about the recuperative powers of women, but you're the most shining example I've ever seen. I am? When I left you yesterday, you were on the verge of hysteria, telling me how Ben would always defeat us, how he couldn't possibly win. Yes, but that was yesterday. No. Something's happened to make you change your mind? What? No. Nothing. 
Well, didn't you even find out what happened between Ben and Randy Lane? Randy did go to Ben's office, didn't he? Oh, yes. I know the Lanes are great on turning the other cheek, but don't tell me that after that Bergman deal, Randy went to your husband to extend the hand of friendship. Good Lord, no. Not after the story Ben told Mr. Bergman about Randy's father. Well, I'm well aware of what you expected Randy to do. Of what we expected. All right, we. Anyway, Randy didn't lose his temper. He didn't grab Ben by the collar or behave as you'd anticipated. As we'd anticipated. Oh, Brad, for heaven's sake. You seem to have a tendency, my dear, to regard this undertaking of ours as belonging exclusively to me. Do you want me to finish? Yes, go on. No, I don't know all the details, but evidently Randy just called on Ben to tell him that he realized Ben was trying to run him out of business and that though Ben continued to try, Randy would still make the grade. <laughs> I'm afraid it was a very dignified interview. Oh, it sounds charming. Well, so then... Never mind, you needn't go on. Doesn't matter. I know the rest. So what's your name? Ben's secretary telephoned you to say that Mr. Calvert wouldn't be home for dinner. Instead of calling to say that he'd had a heart attack. Yes, Brett, please, let's not rehash it. When I think of all the careful plans we took to promote this situation between Ben and Randy Lane, it was such a natural. Everything went just as we thought it would. Why in the name of heaven couldn't Randy have reacted as he should have? <laughs> well, everything certainly went wrong, didn't it? Oh, I don't know, Brett. This morning when I awakened, I, I felt as if I'd been reprieved. Oh, so you're happy about the whole thing? I didn't say that. You don't have to. For that matter, why shouldn't you be happy? You haven't anything to gain by Ben's death. You have the use of his money. You think you can come here any time you wish? And... Brett, if you hold yourself out to me once more as the prize package, if you tell me once more that there won't be any life for us together unless I play the game your way, if you tell me that once more, I'll... You'll I'll... what, Jesse? I absolutely refuse to talk about it this morning. Do you realize that for weeks now, whenever we've been together, we've done nothing but talk about Ben and, well, Ben's death? Well, naturally, we talk about it. We'll have to continue talking about it until the thing's accomplished. But, Brett, can't we, for one moment, for one day, can't we talk about, well, about ourselves? Darling, what good is it going to do us to have Ben's money if we end up having lost each other? Well, maybe you have a point, then. The way things are going, we're getting on each other's nerves. We need to find each other again, Brett. We need a little relaxation. Yes, I suppose we do. Perhaps there's a reason things have turned out as they have. Anyway, let's not think about it for a while. At least not for today. That's what I came by to tell you. All right, you've told me. No, no, I mean I can get away for a couple of hours this afternoon. I'll come by for you, Brett. We can drive out into the country someplace. Shall we? No. All right, then we'll stay here. I don't think you should come by this afternoon, Jesse. Oh, for heaven's sake, don't start telling me again that it's risky. You know that you're perfectly isolated over here. No one can possibly see. That isn't the point. Oh? No, the point is I'm tired of constantly playing second fiddle in life. I'm tired of being an afterthought of having to be satisfied with someone else's leaving. <laughs> oh, you God's breath. And you accuse me of being dramatic. Just because I brought over a few miserable flowers someone gave, then you start seeing yourself in the role of a... Of a Those miserable flowers, Jesse, are a symbol to me. You better hurry up and get your coffee, darling. When I come back this afternoon... You're not I coming here this afternoon. I'm sick and tired of this business, Jesse. I'm tired of waiting, tired of cheapening myself, of... Cheapening yourself? That's what I said. Did you make it quite clear, Jesse, that if there's to be any cooperation from you, you expect to be welcome with open arms whenever you come here. Right. 
And besides, I'm tired of living in corners of clandestine meetings. In short, I think you're right, Jesse. We are getting on each other's nerves. We do need relaxation. But away from each other. <laughs> I suppose now you'll start reminding me about Lily Devon. It's a very good idea. Too bad Wakefield's so limited. Lily would be a good choice even where there were plenty to select from. Oh, stop blowing off steam, breath. I'll be back this afternoon. Well, if you are, it's only fair to warn you that I'll be having lunch with Lily. Jesse walked quickly out to the car, knowing only too well that Brett meant what he said. More powerful than her anger was the nagging fear in her mind. Was it only Ben's money that held Brett to her? If that were true, Jesse thought, she was through with him. But a little later that morning, as Mrs. Calvert returned to the house on 11th Street, her pride had vanished. She went to the phone in the hall and called a number. Hello, Ben. Listen, darling, Brett Cameron just phoned. Y yes, Brett Cameron. He's asked us to have lunch with him this afternoon. Aren't you being a little reckless, Jesse? You'd better think twice before you involve your husband in any attempt to strike back at Brett Cameron. Don't you know, Jesse, how easy it is for an angry woman, a jealous woman, to give herself away? <laughs> 